Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry Mills. Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, which helps you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy. And this week we have a doozy, of course, this is Men's Health Month. And I thought no other topic, right? If I had to choose one topic to really hit home and hammer home when we talk about our men and a ways that we can work on getting them to see the doctor more. No other topic shot to the top of my mind as well as my reader's mind than sexual health. And today we're going to be talking about those big two letters, ED, uh, erectile dysfunction. And I thought, you know what? I do have some experience taking care of patients with ED, but who better to really educate the community and really expand the knowledge base of the luncheon community than the urologist? And uh, we're very fortunate for uh, this urologist to come in on the show. This is Dr. Uh, Jennifer Miles Thomas. She earned her medical degree from Northwestern University School of Medicine. She completed her undergrad degree in biology at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. She did a general surgery internship at John Hopkins and completed a urology residency as well as a separate fellowship in female urology and neurology at the James Buchanan Brady Urological Institute. Dr. Jen Miles Thomas is a diplomat of the American Board of Urology and she is also a board certified in female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery. So again, I know that may seem like a mouthful, but you know, short and sweet, Dr. Jen is absolutely amazing and she is crazy smart, right? If you, if you had to think about, you know, what, what did all that mean? That's probably just means those two sentences there that she is absolutely brilliant and we're in for a treat. And I could tell you during this interview, if I, I wish you could see some of my facial expressions that I was making during the time when she was really explaining and educating me through the Lunch and Learn community members, the different ways and treatment modalities associated with erectile dysfunction. So you guys are in for a treat. Remember, like always, if you have not had a chance, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review and comment uh, for the podcast, as well as make sure you tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend to just share podcast episodes, especially because I know someone has someone in their family member, especially male, right, who has not seen a doctor in years. And I hate to say that you're partly to blame, but if someone's not seeing the doctor in years and you're seeing the doctor regularly, that's something that we, we need to address ASAP. If someone is not going to the doctor, especially a male, right, and you're also not going to the doctor, it's going to be very difficult for you to try to convince that man that needs to, that, you know, he needs to go see a physician as well. So, you know, please take the time, you know, listen. Again, we're talking about sexual health. We talk about a few things as well, especially associated with Dr. Jen, as far as what she does on the side, especially from a business standpoint, you guys are going to want to stick around for that. So again, Natty Chess member, five-star review. Let me know how you feel. And again, thank you for all that you do. You guys have a great and blessed day. And let's get ready for another amazing episode here on The Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. Good 
This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpiersblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. All right, Lunch Learn community. Again, you just heard this amazing introduction from an expert that I definitely think is needed, right? Especially in this month of Men's Health Month. And I have always joked in the past, but really I kind of say half jokingly, a lot of times when I get men to come in my office to see me on an outpatient visit, right? This was this field, right? It was one of the main reasons why they would come, right? Like there's usually two reasons. One family member drags them. Two, they got some sexual issues, right? And of course, obviously I could talk from an attorney standpoint, but I figured, you know, let's just get an expert to come in and help educate us and, you know, kind of get us mindset ready for the month and really show us, you know, why this is such an important topic, right? Even though we kind of say it jokingly, right? This is actually an extremely important topic uh, for men, right? Because again, like I said, it is one of the main reasons why I'll get them to come see me in my office, right? So Dr. Jane, first of all, thank you for uh, joining the Lunch Learn community. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So, Dr. Jen, I, I told them about your amazing bio and just give the audience just, you know, some, let's say for some reason they skipped the introduction and they want to know, like, you know, who's this, who's this person on the podcast this week, right? Like, tell us something that may not be in your bio, but just says, like, hey, you know, this is why I'm who I am. I live a, a very interesting life. I am a urologist who is female, who is African-American. So there's only really a few of us across the country. That, that is so true. <laughs> yeah. What else is interesting? I'm married with three children. So that's a little bit different. Sometimes it's hard to balance a high-powered, stressful career and a family. And I've recently gotten into extreme sports. So I've been snowboarding and I just finished a triathlon this past weekend. So I'm kind of all out there. Oh, wow. That's okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, that's that, that's how you start the show, right? That's how. You, <laughs> let us know, like this is this, this is the type of show we're about to go on, right? So, exactly. So, listener community, we we talked. You know, if you've caught the most recent episode, if you caught the live, live streams, you know that June is Men's Health Month, and you know that I have made it a point to try to call out my male listeners and my male friends and family members to really stress the importance of health awareness and why you know we're we're we're, we're dedicating a whole month to them, right? Because that's always the big issue, right? Like, why am I getting a whole month on this specific topic, right? And why is Men's Health Month so important? Because really, it's killing us, right? And I, I've talked about it before, right? The top, top 10 leading causes in the world, right? Men dominate those categories, right? Why? Because, you know, we're just not taking care of ourselves. So I, I want to get Dr. Jen on to, again, in urology, and like I said, I don't, I don't know if you realize it, like, especially when you think about urology, it's usually not one where you think about a female urologist, right? So just to have like that subcategory, then be African-American is, you know, this is a gem that we're actually, you know, we're finding here to be able to kind of talk to her, which I'm definitely uh, excited for. So, Dr. Jen, if you could just kind of give the uh, lunch learners a little bit of introduction on, you know, what actually is a urologist, right? Just so they can kind of get in the same mental ballpark of where we're at. Yeah, so it's interesting. So a urologist is a specialist who's also a surgeon who works with the organs of the genitourinary tract. So in English, what does that mean? That means it's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So that means that, like, I'm a 
doctor who deals with problems of the kidney, the bladder, the testicles, the prostate, the penis in men and women. So sometimes it's medical therapy and sometimes it's surgery. We do both, but those are the organs we take care of. What really kind of interests you, you may, again, I'm an internist for those who may have just, for some reason, this is the first time catching the show, right? I'm an internist. I practice in a hospital. But what made you say, you know, urology is the field for me? So, so the real story is I thought I was going to be like the female version of Ben Carson. So I was going into med school, but I do neurosurgery, right? But sometimes that's very hard and I'm a big quality of life person. And sometimes there are things you just can't fix. And after a couple of cases that were out of everyone's control, emotionally, I didn't know if I could do that every day. Sometimes you'll see a 30-year-old who has a bleed and they'll never be the same. And some things you can fix, some things you can't. And I said, well, I know I really want to focus on quality of life. So one of my friends, of course, who's male, was said, hey, you should do urology. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a bunch of old men. Like, why would I want to do urology? This is real talk, okay? <laughs> Why would I want to do that, right? So I did a rotation like we do in medical school. And every time I went into the room, the wives would be, oh, are you going into urology? Let me tell you about my problem. And I was like, well, what's going on here? Like, why are these people asking me? And I didn't know at the time that there weren't very many female urologists. So probably when I started, there were probably less than 5% in the country. Now it's like 7.5%. But I mean, I've been out for more than a decade. Yeah, there's not that many female urologists. Now there's quite a few residents who are coming through. The classes are more 50-50, which is great. But still, I mean, there was definitely a need. So I decided to go into it and I love it. I, I wouldn't, I would never do anything different. This is, this is who I am and what I needed to go into because urology, it's, it's one of those fields where it's very technical. It's very surgical, but what you're talking about on a daily basis is what people don't want to talk about. It's what they're afraid to mention. Mm. They don't tell other people what's, they don't even tell their wives or their husbands really what's going on. And you're able to give them back that quality of life. So for me every day, it's a gift. I love that you touched on that point because I can tell you I've had plenty of appointments where, you know, what the, the guy comes in for a very vague reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right when I'm about to try to get out there, I say, hey, doc, doc, <laughs> before you leave. And yes. once, once I know I get one of those, hey, doc, before you leave, I already know exactly the direction is going. Like it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so taboo that even when they come to see, you know, their regular, you know, outpatient clinical doctor for their checkup, it, it's very tough for them to even come out and say it, which is mind boggling, right? Because you you would think like, hey, you know, if that issue, right, if I'm having problems with those, that area, right, like I want to make sure like that's the first thing I'm putting down on paper. But yes. nope, they'll they'll say, no, I had a cold and that's why I'm here to see Dr. There's just the most rare. So I, I definitely, and I love that you get that even on both fronts, right? Because I would figure with women, it'd be a little bit more open. So I'm, very, I'm interested to hear that, like, you know, even on both sides, some people are very secretive on, you know, letting them know, like, these are some of the problems I'm dealing with. Exactly. And I think it's a little bit different because in my world, I just directly ask. So it's not that you have to wait and say, okay, as I'm walking the door and kind of build up the courage, I'm just going to ask you how your erections are. Mm. <laughs> how many times do you get up at night? How are your erections? It's just regular, you know, it's a Tuesday. Why not? Uh, oh, I love it. That's okay. That's why. Okay. We, we like that. We right to the point, like no sugar coating. Like, nah, this is, this, this is what I'm here for. Clearly uh, this is why you're seeing me now. Now is that, especially from a urologist standpoint, is that a, a lot of the different reasons why someone may come to see you just on a, obviously we're talking about sexual health, but like, just what are some of the, like the, the common issues and complaints and that you may see that say, Oh, I'm coming to see you for this. Sure. 
So it's not just erectile dysfunction. A lot of times we'll see people for kidney stones. We'll see people for kidney tumors or bladder cancer, a lot of prostate cancer. Sometimes people will just have blood in their urine or bladder infections or they'll have like testicular pain, or especially for women incontinence, they're leaking during the day and having to wear pads. So we see people for a variety of reasons. So, and, and obviously, def- that, and that's definitely you know something that from a, from a urological standpoint, uh, I think is very interesting, right? Because a lot of times I think when we think of surgical specialties, we, we tend to think that they all they do is surgery, right? And, and it's very interesting to understand like, no, there's a lot of clinical and you know even psychosocial, if you would, you know, if I would like to stretch it, issues kind of centered around some of the stuff that people are coming to see you for. Exactly. Exactly. Urology is one of those fields where you can operate and do very large major cases. You can do a lot of bread and butter common cases. And then as you get older and closer to retirement, there's many things you can just do in the office. So it's one of those professions where you can do it throughout your career. So let's, let's obviously, obviously we want to, you know, we'll, we'll hit home because this is definitely, you know, the reason why someone's listening to at least this week's episode, right? So let's talk about sexual health, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and I know we alluded to it, but like how important is it, right? Especially, especially for the men and women, right? I mean, obviously uh, with this men's health month, so we'll, 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 we'll get them to shine. We'll definitely bring you on when we need to talk about the women because I, I definitely don't want to make sure <laughs> we lead them out okay. uh, in, in that regard, but especially for men, like, like how important is sexual health for them, right? Like what is some of the, like, oh, before I came to see you, uh, this is how I was feeling. But after you took care of me, like, this is how I'm feeling now. So regardless of what's on the news where people say sexual health is very, very important. Why? Because it's part of you. I mean, we're all animals. We all have the same instincts. And when something doesn't work or it's changed, how do you feel about yourself? You, you don't feel the same. So it's not that people fall into depression, but they just, they've lost a part of their life, a part of their relationship that was very, very important to them. This is psychological. This is physical. A lot of times with sexual dysfunction, there may be other things medically going on at the same time. So sometimes it's like the red flag of, hey, where else do we need to look? What else could be going on at the same time? So I'd say this is very important. And I think people realize it's important, but there's such a taboo about talking about it. I mean, of course, our, our, our popular media has changed and sex is a lot more out there. But when people are talking about their own personal sexuality and health, it's still taboo. Now, do you find that, do you find the conversation a little bit more difficult because you are uh, a female urologist when, when you're in your office or is it by the time they come to see you, like they've already kind of cleared that hurdle? So it's funny. So I would say that it's generational. So the millennials, they don't care. They just want their stuff fixed regardless. <laughs> they don't have any boundaries whatsoever. They're going to tell me what they did, how they did it and what they want to do in the future. They don't really have an issue. The kind of middle age, I would say like 30 to, to 60 takes a few minutes just for them to comfortable. But then they realize my personality is like, hey, this is this is just what we do. And we're going to just say it. And I'm going to ask you questions and we're going to help fix the problem. They get very comfortable over 65 or 70, sometimes it takes them a little while because first of all, they're from a generation where they didn't really talk about sex the same way the Mm -hmm. current generations do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they never were really educated about their body or what was normal, what's not normal, what things should look like, what they should feel like, what are other signs. So after probably one or two sessions, then, oh, they open up about everything. And sometimes they'll bring their wives so we all can have the same discussion and figure out what's going on and and, and how we can help. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. All right. Let's make it a group. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I have quite a few group appointments. It's okay. (laughs) 
So speaking of uh, normal, what's not normal, right? Could, let, let's let's talk about you know ED and erectile dysfunction, right? Like for for the literary community who you know may have been living under a rock and you know haven't seen one of those thousands <laughs> commercials, right? Like what what yeah. is it exactly? Okay, so the technical definition of ED or erectile dysfunction is it's the ability to attain or maintain a penile erection sufficient for satisfactory sexual performance. So what does that mean? That means if you have difficulty either getting or keeping an erection, that's good enough for you is what ED is. Hmm. Very subjective. Okay. It is. So some people have don't have erections but don't care. Well, you know, that's perfectly fine. Other people, it takes them a little bit longer to ejaculate or they ejaculate too early and that's fine for them and that's fine. But anywhere in the middle, it's all based upon your own personal satisfaction. You know, what's was interesting, do you, do you tend to find common reasons for why that may occur? Is there a couple of things like if they, everyone who falls in this category always seems to have ED or what are some of the, some of the causes that you've seen kind of working uh, that are associated with ED? Well, the biggest cause, especially in America, is diabetes and mm. diabetes. Oh, that's a, okay. All right. Yeah. So diabetes, like I kind of explain it to people. Well, you know, it, is, it affects the small blood vessels and the small nerves. And it's, it's kind of interesting because if you relate it back and you say, you know how sometimes your fingertips will tingle or your toes will tingle or they'll go numb and you don't feel them. That's because those little small blood vessels, those small nerves aren't getting what they need because, because the sugar control is out of control and it's damaging. The same thing with your penis. It basically has really, really small nerves. And sometimes if things aren't going to work, it's because your blood sugars have been too high. So you really have to work on getting your blood sugars under control in order to get back some of this function. And when you kind of make it like that analogy, it makes sense. It's something tiny and small and the diabetes affects tiny, small blood vessels. Oh, I love that. And especially because I know for the lunch learning community members, like we've talked about diabetes and we've talked about all of the, uh, the effects of diabetes. I've even, I didn't even wrote a blog where I said, I don't even wish diabetes on my worst enemy just because of all of the different things it's associated with. So now we know, you know, especially for us again, if, again, if you're not, if you're a diabetic and you're just blowing it off as, you know, just a sugar disease. Now you can see, especially from the men, right? Cause we're talking to the men this month, right? This is another reason why you should take care of yourself, right? Cause you don't want to have ED. You don't want to ED, take care of your diabetes. So that's, uh, okay. I love it. Exactly. Now, other things we have to think about too, we're learning and associating a lot more with heart disease because again, it's the small blood vessels that are feeding the penis. So if someone has early onset erectile dysfunction, like their 30s and 40s, we're also working with cardiologists to screen them to make sure that they don't have plaques or cardiovascular disease because the small blood vessels are usually affected first. Now, is that, is that something just that comes up just while you're asking a lot of your questions like, hey, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have this? And then you just kind of seeing this correlation kind of uh, growing? Yes, definitely. So, of course, when you're seeing a patient, you have their medical list, you know what medications they're on, you know their past medical history. But if someone who's never been in the system and is just coming to you for this, this is what we screen for. If you look at the major academic centers, most of them have men's health clinics, and it's usually an internist, a urologist, as well as a cardiologist, because we're finding that these overall health syndromes, metabolic syndromes, are being diagnosed with people first seeking care for erectile dysfunction. Wow. Okay. All right. 
All right. So again, if you're, if you're, if you're listening, if you're, you know, paying attention, especially for, let's say you you have a family member, a friend who you, you know is suffering from some of these other diseases and it's very difficult to get them to come to the doctor, right? This, now you have another way in, right? You want to say, Hey, you know, you'll take care of your blood pressure. This can also happen, right? Because again, usually two reasons, usually a family member is forcing them to come to the doctor's office or they got some sexual issues, right? So again, this is another way that we can kind of like start pushing our men back into the doctor's office and getting them right and getting there aware of just everything that's kind of going on. So thank you. Thank you for that. No problem. So when they come to you and you know what, you do your screening and you know, they're all the, you know, check, they're checking all of the boxes off, right. For ED. Of course, I'm pretty sure by the time they've seen you, right. They've seen those thousands of commercials, right. <laughs> but what are, what are some of the treatment options that are out there? One, we'll, we'll talk about the common ones and one that they may not even know about. Yes. First of all, of course, I have to say this disclaimer and this warning, everything that you see on TV or can order on the internet isn't safe for you. Yes. And in gas stations. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gas station attendant does not know more than your doctor about your erectile dysfunction. That's all I got to say. But honestly, the FDA did a recent crackdown and urologists across the country got a notification. Some of these medications, I would say medications and quotes that are available over the internet that tout these excellent results and work actually have controlled medications in them, like generics of Viagra and Cialis mm. and things like that. And so we get updates and kind of the name of over-the-counter medications that we need to look out and screen our patients for. Because yes, everyone knows the names of these brand name medications, but honestly, they're expensive. So people try to find other things that will work instead. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, things that aren't controlled by the FDA or go through a rigorous screening process, things that are like natural types of products, sometimes aren't always in your best interest to use because they do have active ingredients from drugs that are controlled. And they're are always potential side effects. You don't really know what you're taking. So I just want to put that warning out there. But the first thing for treatment option is to kind of divide and see what your actual issue is. So I get the question all the time. Is it my testosterone? Do I need testosterone? Yes. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that. Let me just tell you about Mm. testosterone first. (laughs) Testosterone is important for men. So it's actually made by your testicles. So a signal from your brain goes down to your testicles and says, hey, we need more testosterone floating in your bloodstream. When you have normal levels of testosterone, you have a libido. And what's a libido? A libido is the desire to have sex or to engage in like sexual activity. Now, if you give someone testosterone, you will increase their libido, but that does not mean that they'll get an erection. So you have to, when you come in and say, I have erectile dysfunction, can I have testosterone? If your testosterone is low, just know that you may have a libido, but that doesn't always mean that your erection will change. Okay. So what do we do for actual erections? Well, the way I practice, we always go from least invasive to most invasive. I first want to make sure there's nothing medically wrong. Like there's not a tumor or something else that we can, we can see that's going on that may be causing a problem. But if there's not, then the first thing we can try is oral medication. And it's the ones that we know. In medical lingo, we call them PDE5 inhibitors. And basically what happens is when you get an erection, your brain puts out a signal and the nerves basically send and release this, this transmitter that says, hey, I need blood flow in. And as the cylinders fill in the penis, it cuts off the veins so you 
So you don't draw that blood back out. So your, your penis just fills and then it stays that way until your brain says, oh, I'm done. And then it stops filling and it slowly gets smaller as the blood drains back out. So that's actually how an erection works. Now, the other thing that's important is an erection is different than orgasm or ejac ejaculation. They are controlled by different nerves. So one set of nerves gives you the erection. The other set of nerves allows you to ejaculate during an orgasm. So, so you can actually yeah. have problems in different sections. Exactly. Okay. And also you can have an orgasm without having an erection. So that's why we have like a real conversation when we have these meetings. Because I mean, how would you know that unless you actually asked? It's not like you can just Google it, right? right. Well, probably you can, but I haven't tried to. <laughs> <laughs> it's best if you actually just talk to someone. Please talk to please talk to the professional, professional community members. Please talk so so after the after the medications there are other things you can do too so a lot of people know about the medications some of them are more expensive but the good news is a lot of generics are now on the market so yes they're much more affordable but let's say you try the medications and they don't work or you don't feel good or right when you're taking them or they don't work well enough the next one there's actually a little insert it looks like a little tablet that you can put at the tip of your penis and it has medication that causes the blood to flow into your penis. That's an option. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. And there's also an injection. So you know how there are, when people have diabetes, there's these little pens that you can inject the insulin in. Well, there's a little kind of a little injection that you can inject on the side of your penis and also will put medication directly into your penis and cause you to have an erection. So, right, so, so let me stop you there, right? <laughs> oh, okay, go um, ahead. <laughs> I, when I have my diabetic patients, right, and you know yeah. they're not controlled and I got to have that discussion where I'm mm -hmm. saying, hey, you know, the pill's not working no more. Mm -hmm. You have to start injecting yourself. And and I know the the face and the fight I get once I have to go that, right? Like, how is that conversation when you're telling a person like, hey, those pills aren't the thing for you. You got to start injecting yourself. And not only do you have to start injecting yourself, you have to start injecting yourself directly in your penis, right? Like, what what is that conversation like in the office? So I get the same response, kind of wide eyes, like, oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> And then the next question is, does it work? And when I say, yes, it works, and people are very happy that can do it, they said, I'll at least try it. Now, we don't just send somebody home with a needle to stick it in their penis. Like, that's not what we do. We actually have nurses. So you come in for an appointment, and we have to dose the medication because we want you to be able to get an erection, but we don't want you to have it all day, right? <laughs> so we have to make sure you get the right dose of medication. So we actually have, it's called ICI. We actually have nurses who would come see you as an appointment. We give you a test dose. We make sure you get an adequate erection, and then we also make sure it goes down. And usually we have your partner there with you because sometimes people mentally can't do it, and sometimes their partners are able to do it for them. Or once they see it, they say, oh, it's not as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. It doesn't hurt as much. I had never even heard that I could do that, so it was a little bit weird. But then once you do it, and then you get a great erection, and it works people are happy. Okay. Now, is there, especially for this, I'm tripping on this injection thing. Is there something like in the office, right? That reverses it, right? Like, is that, or is it just kind of like supposed to go down on its own over time? So it's supposed to go down on its own over time because the medications aren't long acting. They're shorter acting. Okay. Perfect. But that's why we do the first trials in the office, because if it doesn't go down, then we give you medication to make it go down. Now, there's also another option that you can, you can have, and it's called a vacuum erection device. And what it looks like, I know this is, you're looking at me like, yeah, no, I'm, 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 hey, let's look at me. Oh, no, world, man. Oh, no, world. 
Legendary community members, if you can see my face right now, I'm, <laughs> I am I am learning just as long as we're learning. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. All right. Yeah. Again, I'm an internist. Usually by this time, I'm referring them to the urologist. I don't, okay, so now, so I'm processing it right with y'all. Okay, so <laughs> the vacuum erection device looks like a little cylinder. And what it does is at one end of the cylinder near the base of the penis, it has like a little, I don't know, think of it as like a little rubber rubber band. And you can basically like squeeze the little cylinder. And what happens is it's a vacuum. So it draws blood into your penis and then you roll down the little kind of rubber band on it. And that rubber band prevents the blood from flowing back into your body. Ah, okay. Yeah. So this is something that's, it's a little bit less spontaneous, but still there's no needles, there's no medication. It's something natural and you can do it on your own. And it does work. It's oh. called a vacuum erection device. Vacuum device, okay. Mm. Okay. And then if none of that works, there are penile prostheses. So a prosthetic is a device that we surgically put inside of your penis. And usually what we do is we have a little pump that looks like a little squeeze pump that we put next to your testicles. And all you have to do is squeeze that pump and then your penis would pump up because we actually have a reservoir with like saline or water in it that fills those little mm-hmm. tubes. So if nothing else works, that's a guaranteed way to get an erection. Yeah. Now is the stepwise approach for these patients, right? Like for like, is that the end? Like, like this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. All right, let's go to the prosthesis or is it kind of patient dependent when you're when you're kind of deciding like, all right, which route we're going to go end up in? So typically it's step by step, but it's patient driven. So if I see a 30 year old who's never tried a drug, we're going to, I'm going to let them know that there is the option for prosthesis, but that's not what's recommended. So you try to do minimal to get the benefit. And then if you fail, or you're not willing to do it, you can move on. But a penile prosthesis, that's the end. That's what we have to offer. It does work, but you can't go back. So once you have the surgery, that means that the medications won't work, injections won't work, you have mm. the surgery. So that's why it's the last thing that we do. Now, now you mentioned 30-year-old, because I'm pretty sure some of my community was like 30. like Because I know they're probably thinking this is a, a, a quote-unquote old man's disease. What's some of the age ranges that you're seeing with patients with erectile dysfunction that, that even someone in the lunch lady community might be surprised like, oh my God, they're that old and they're dealing with this problem? Yeah, so from young in the 30s, 20s and 30s, sometimes I see college kids who everything was fine and now situationally with the new girlfriend or whoever, I'm just not able to get an erection and we kind of work through what's going on because remember, this is all controlled by the brain. Mm-hmm. So there's something going on in the brain that's prohibiting it from making that message to get an erection. And there's actual sexual therapists. These aren't like woo-woo on TV people. People. These are real people who say, okay, let's break it down. What's actually going on in your life that is, ha- is, is causing you to feel this way, is causing your brain not to secrete the, the right neurotransmitters for you to actually have an erection. And it does help. I've seen people who couldn't ejaculate, couldn't have orgasms. They meet with these therapists and they're like, my eyes were opened and, and things are all good now. And it's real. And you just never thought you'd be talking about your sex life with someone, but you know what? It's quality of life. Either you can stay the way that you are or you can get it fixed. And since there are people available to fix it, that's what you do. And you move on and you keep doing living life. Exactly. Oh, I love it. I, see, then, <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I'm loving this conversation. Guys, I wish you could see my face during some of the parts. Of- <laughs> so you can understand it's a learning process for it all. And, and it's real because these are real life conversations that we're having on a day to day basis. Again, if you if you have to scare, you know, some of your friends and family members, you know, to get into the doctor's office, you know, to get this taken care of, you know, 
please do so, right? Because it, it, it needs to be done because this isn't something that, again, uh, again, I know you see the thousands of commercials and, I, and we're going to ask Dr. Jen, you know, where, where should someone go to look, right? Because I know we're, we're, we're saying don't go to Dr. Google, right? But we already know, and trust me, I already know y'all initially community members, y'all Googling. <laughs> when I tell you don't Google, you're going to Google anyways. Even when I tell you don't go to YouTube and watch that surgery beforehand, you're going to do it. it like, we, we just know how y'all do now. Um, is there any viable sources that you would say like, hey, if you got to like read up on this, this subject, like read this website, like is there anywhere that you would point them to? Yeah. So for urologists across the U.S., we have, it's called the Urology Care Foundation. So it's ways to educate patients on urologic conditions. So it's the legitimate source of information. It's not a company trying to sell you anything. It's just the real deal of this is what you need to do. And it's written in plain, straightforward English. And that would be urologyhealth.org. So urology is U-R-O-L-O-G-Y health.org. The other sites that are good and give straightforward information would be mayoclinic.org or webmd.com. Those are actually good, straightforward information. And someone who wants a little bit more detail and are like, okay, I've read all that. It's kind of generic, but I want more detail. Our actual association for urologists has a great website too for under education and it'll show you what all the guidelines are. So like if you're hearing this from one person, you're not sure, you can actually see what the published guidelines are. And every few years, every like four or five years, we all get together and we revise them and say, this is what the data shows us. This is what standard of care is. This is what you should be offering. This is what you need to think about. And that is auanet.org. And that's for the urology association. And that's the standard of care. So those are ones that are just straightforward. You can get the real deal information with no bias and understand why this is happening. And remember, just like always, all of these links, especially if you're driving, you're at work, wherever you're at, listening to this, all these links will be in the show notes. So, you know, I, I definitely want to make sure we're, we're pointing you in the right direction because uh, it's important to hear it because I know I know you guys. You guys are going to want to follow up to make sure we're not talking crazy. So we're going to point you to the right direction to make sure that doesn't occur as well. So again, Dr. Dan, thank you for, for that, right? Because this is, again, this has been very eye-opening, mind-blowing experience. I'm learning. I'm about to go to the website right when they're done just so I'll make sure I'm, I'm <laughs> up and I can educate my patients uh, in, in and of itself with such an important topic at hand. This is a portion of the podcast that I love, right? Because, you know, I bring guests on to really educate our community, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of selfish, right? Because I also bring them on, right? Because I really want to promote them, right? And, you know, say what, how, because most of these people I kind of see and follow and uh, I'm, I'm shadow following them one way or the other. So I like to see people who are standing out doing some stuff, right? Like, and whether it's medicine, non-medicine, doing some stuff is always something that I uh, love to see out of our physicians. So this, I like to call this like our promo, our promo period, right? So again, you know, obviously we know you're amazing urologist, but like, is is there anything that you do that, you know, like someone in the learning community may be able to benefit from or any books or whatever? Like, look, this this is this is your time, right? Like you tell us what, what you got going on and uh, if you got anything going on and, and let, let us know how we can, you know, continue to support you. Well, well, I told you I'm a big quality of life person, right? So a lot of times what I see, especially with patients in medicine, is that a lot of times people don't search for answers because of money. Medicine is getting more and more expensive. And the way that the insurance companies are moving, they're pushing more and more 
of that onto the patients. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Those insurance companies are really the wealthiest ones in the game. So they're going to oh, yeah. determine <laughs> what, yeah. what we do. They're determined to keep that money to themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So what I do is I actually talk about money. I talk about money on Instagram and online too, and kind of help people figure out how to get out of debt, how to build wealth, and how to get their stuff together. Because if you're, if that's one less thing you have to worry about, think about your overall mental health. If you're no longer stressed about having to pay bills, if you're no longer stressed about how am I going to rob Peter to pay Paul, things like that. And it's just, I think I'm just a person who has a lot of tough conversations and sex and money are the two things that people yes. don't want to talk about in public. So. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so so that, that's what I talk about for sure. So on Instagram, now it's kind of embarrassing because I do put some of my personal life out there on Instagram. <laughs> so on Instagram, I'm Dr., which is a dr. Jen, J-E-N-N-M-D. That's probably the easiest place to kind of follow me and kind of see what I do. I, I put some of the pictures of me out and about doing some of my extreme sports on there too. That, that, that's what I want to go see. I want to go see... <laughs> Yeah, she she's doing extreme sports. I want to I want to see that. That's uh, that, that. yeah. Well, the snowboarding was interesting. I only did the before picture, right? So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that'd be the best way to follow me. And my links to my websites it's it's drjennd.com. All that stuff is on Instagram too. So you can kind of get a little little picture of my life and how I really roll. I love it. So we need we need to talk to Jen and you know. <laughs> Get, get our get our mentals together get our sexual health together get our get our money together let's, let's get all that right you know it's 2019 we're, we're halfway through the year definitely no time like the present especially for mental health month making sure we are uh, getting all of our ducks aligned especially when it comes to sexual health and the importance of sexual health and the massive education lesson that we got today definitely thankful uh, for that doctor and thank you Oh, you're so welcome. You're so very welcome. Yes. Yeah. So before I leave, how I was like to ask this question, right? How is what you're doing helping to empower men, right? Especially when we talk about sexual health, right? Like what, what, what are you doing to really empower this and get them, make sure they're taking better care of their sexual health? I'm asking the questions and I'm educating them because as we know, knowledge is power. If you don't know, you'll get left behind. There are a lot of people out there that have resources that are getting things fixed and done. There's a lot of small little things you can do to change your overall quality of life. But if you don't know what to ask or don't know something is available, you're going to miss out. So I think my role is really to ask those hard questions and educate my patients, people I see, people I come in contact with. That's what my role is, is to educate. I love it. And for those who may know, you know, Dr. Jen, obviously being a urologist, being African-American, being female, obviously there's, you know, a proponent of, you know, women's health that really goes into a lot of her care too. And of course, you know, I kind of pigeonhole there on this episode to really talk about the men, but she will be, I'm going to beg her, right? I'm going to beg her. <laughs> she will be coming back, right? Because I, I definitely wanted to hear about a lot of the uh, the women's health related uh, amongst sexual health and all the urologic problems that I know they got, right? Why? Because I'm, Trust me, if you, if you think I'm referring fast when it comes to men talking about sexual health and all the things, you best believe once my my women patients say like, hey, Dr. Pierre, like this is happening. I'm having problems urinating. I'm having anything that goes on in that area. It's OK. All right. Here you go. Here's your referral. Send, yes. Send you away. So we'll definitely make sure she comes on to really educate us on, on of course. the women's side as well, too. So again, Dr. Jen, thank you for really uh, taking the time out to educate Lunch Night Community. I know this is extremely informal because I'm like, I'm still like, OK, I'm still <laughs> I'm still thinking about the pump. I'm still thinking about oh, it. I'm still, I'm still. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you have a great day. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much.
Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of the Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry, and this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today. If you have not had a chance, please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening. If you already listen and you've already subscribed, make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is. And if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes, always head over to lunchlearnpod.com. That is lunch learn pod all in one word dot com and you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode but especially the one you just listened to and i'm gonna see you guys next week you guys be blessed bye